I'm going to share my screen if you want to watch these videos with me. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's do that. I mean, I, I saw a couple of these shorts and I, well, first off, anything that comes out of Epoch Times is just, it's a gold mine of things to mock. Yeah. I didn't realize uh, this guy was like an Epic Times kind of person until I, um, yeah, so I started watching one of his videos and I realized what I was dealing with here. <clears throat> I've never seen this guy ever, but kind of looking at him, it's just like, wow, this guy's going to say, going to have like a really dumbass opinion. So my first impression is like his name is Roman Balmakov or something. And I guarantee you this guy comes from like Ukraine or some like country that the U.S. propped up as like a fascist counterpunch to communism in Eastern Europe. And that's why like this guy's parents fled communism because they owned some kind of factory or something. Then the mean old communists took it from them. And that's why this guy is here talking trash on leftists. It wouldn't surprise me if he came from like an eastern european gusano sort of situation exactly yeah that's it yeah that's way the way better shorthand way of saying it but here let me play this one i'm gonna share my screen are you guys able to tell me if you're able to see this video yeah, i'm uh, able to see it um can you play it like just for a second or two yeah, see they, uh, now you probably yeah. already know that two yeah, days ago it's good tucker carlson nice. on his show over in fox showed several never before seen pieces of video surveillance footage that were captured at the u.s capitol on january 6th this, of course, then led the legacy news outlets in our country to have somewhat of a conniption, and they began to, once again, double down and push their narrative of January 6th around the clock. Okay, so before we watch the rest of this, what do you guys think, what do you predict is this guy's narrative of January 6th? How do you think he feels about these guys? Clearly, there's just the economic anxiety that's, uh, that's spurring their plight, and nothing else. Yeah. That's how they could all afford to coordinate um, on a, uh, what was it, a Tuesday or a Wednesday when Jan 6 happened? Mm -hmm. um, I think it was a Wednesday. Yeah, I'm not January 6th was, yeah, I, I don't know why, but I'm like really good with dates and stuff. And January 6th this year was a Friday, so like two years ago it was like, it was a Wednesday. I used to work for, a, I used to be a bartender, and I'm pretty sure one of the, uh, the managers there was conspicuously out that week. And then mm -hmm. I saw him with, like, Trump socks a little bit later. I'm like, hmm, I wonder where he was. Weird. Yeah, funny that. Let's see yeah, a lot, of, a lot of, yeah, like, when people say that a lot of January 6th people are, like, rich Trump supporters, it's, this is very much true. Like, like I remember um, one 4th of July just going up, and there was, like, a right-wing neighborhood, and, like, everyone there was pretty much rich, just, like... Trump signs everywhere on like a lakeside porch and all that. Just crazy. Oh yeah, a lot of people from like Orange County and the Upper East Side go into uh, do a casual little insurrection. Like it's no biggie. You'll just get the uh, the red line back home. Yeah. Who is this guy? Crazy. They just it's like they dress up really poorly and then like I mean, yeah, I think that's the right word. Kind of like looks like they had like we're middle class. I can say that. Yeah. Like, more middle class, maybe lower class, but really, they're just, like, they own businesses. They're pretty much petite bourgeois. bourgeoisie. Yeah, yeah, they're, like, fake working class. Yeah, exactly. Oh, billionaires, welcome. This is uh, Roman Balmakov we're watching. He's, like, an Epic Times fucking uh, oh. uh, Gusano from Eastern Europe, apparently, so. We don't actually know that. We're just assuming. But <clears throat> he's about to get into why January 6th was actually totally innocent and just, like, some working class people taking a tour around the Capitol building just totally peacefully, so. Meaning that 
that the current news cycle has been focusing almost all of its attention on what happened at the U.S. Capitol two years ago, while at the same time ignoring almost everything else. Such as, for instance, the fact that just two days ago, about 200 left-wing extremists quite literally firebombed a police training facility over in Georgia in a form of... Hell yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so I like the fact that he's saying for the last two years, the, the news media has not talked about anything else but January 6th, which hilarious, but also that they have this like wild narrative about it that it was like maybe bad for some reason, but also that they're just talking about that instead of talking about the fucking cop city that he's talking about. It's like, no, that has also been part of the news cycle. Like only in your circle has that maybe is that the case, but even that's not true because these guys are fucking talking about cop city all the time, obviously. like. So when he says firebombed, that looks like fireworks to me. Sure does. And I mean, also, it's kind of like overreacting over that, because even then, that's just like, like, that doesn't look like it's going to do a whole lot of damage. Unless it also it did didn't kill six people. Oh, it's it killed like two hillbilly sheriffs. That's no, no, Jan 6th killed like oh, five, January five, five people oh. died. Something like um, that, yeah. Yeah. The firebomb just looks like it'll give you a little bit of a cough if you inhale it downwind. That's about it. Terrorism. However, let me back up for a quick Yeah, those are definitely fireworks. Look at those. Oh, they're again. definitely fireworks. That's not About a firebomb. Left wing extremists quite literally firebombed a police training facility over in Georgia in a form of domestic terrorism. However, <laughs> they threw fucking bottle rockets at set the stage for you properly so the context of how this all came to be becomes crystal clear. And I hope that if you appreciate content like this, you do take a quick moment to smash those like and subscribe buttons so the YouTube algorithm will be quite literally forced to share this video out to ever more people. Now, to start You're already with, the most fucking recommended channel on YouTube. Ago, the fucking Epic Times already like owns most advertising on YouTube. These fuckers. House over who was going to be speaker. I can't Kevin believe McCarthy you're making me watch a video of a guy in a blue suit and red tie. Yeah, you were just complaining about that the other day too. I was. Would assume eventually secure his position as the speaker of the house. And even though this wasn't on the official list of concessions, shortly after he became speaker, Kevin McCarthy handed over about 41,000 hours worth of surveillance footage that came out of the Capitol on January 6th of 2021. And he handed this footage exclusively to Tucker Carlson and his team. Then, after Tucker's producers spent several weeks combing through that footage, Tucker aired a segment on his program, which showed several never-before-seen camera angles. So Kevin McCarthy, the Republican House Speaker, got footage that wasn't seen before and then gave it directly just to Fox News and Tucker Carlson so that they could go through it and select what they would broadcast. Wait, that's what happened? Right? Is that what he's saying? Like, I mean, that's yeah. What, like, well, yeah, I Roman had kind of heard like, something about that. And he handed this footage exclusively. So, yeah, I'm say it again. Kevin concessions in order to eventually secure his position as the Speaker of the House. And even though this wasn't on the official list of concessions, shortly after he became speaker, Kevin McCarthy handed over about 41,000 hours worth of surveillance footage that came out of the Capitol on January 6th of 2021. And he handed this footage exclusively to Tucker Carlson and his team. Yeah. Then, after Tucker's producer... Nothing suspicious about that whatsoever. That's, like, totally fine. Spent yeah, it's extremely oh, no, normal it's for footage. the Speaker Tucker of the House to hand over sorry, you got secret footage to the host of a news show that's like explicitly right-wing yeah what i love and, uh, about the, this go it's ahead, the same sorry. tactic that um that elon did to try to say oh no um twitter is operating as exactly as it should because we have glenn greenwald here um and matt talibi filtering everything out for us it's, the um, same it's also it's funny you say that because it's also exactly what they did with glenn greenwald got exclusive access to the snowden leaks 
back way back when that happened and (laughs) greenwald's a fucking fed man like he may not have started off that way but he definitely got bought at some point because he totally flipped from like talking about legit issues of like state actors going after journalists to just being a fucking chud like he yeah all he all he talks about now is like how persecuted republicans are in on He's Twitter, like, basically, dude, yeah, literally just like defending Alex Jones and shit. Just like, mm-hmm. like I remember something about like him giving, like him talking about, um, uh, what was it? Like, like journalists always talk to bad people, and then like gave like Osama gave like someone talking to Osama bin Laden, and, and like that's the one thing I remember from it. It's like. It's like you're actively like just defending Alex Jones. Like, like this is literally nothing right here. I mean, like Osama bin Laden was like a CIA asset before he like. Yes, indeed. Before he like did nine eleven and shit. Like that could have been in like the nineteen ninety three or something. You know, because I remember the papers coming out about that. But yeah, it's like you're just actively defending someone who like who's like telling people that school shootings aren't real and are like threatening families and that's like led to families being threatened like that's why he's being persecuted it's like literally you're just wasting your time with this guy i think 2014 glenn greenwald would really hate 2023 glenn greenwald and basically every version of him that came since like 2016 or so i don't know Sorry, what, so what I was going to say is... No, I forgot again. Sorry. 2014, Glenn Greenwald, but like... He was the, yeah. He's the same guy, in my opinion. I don't, think he, I don't think he personally has changed. I think his instructions have changed. Oh, you think he was always just bought? Like... I, I don't... So, the way everything went down with the Snowden leaks, I find highly suspicious, personally. But I'm the resident paranoiac, so, you know... It, I just... I think that he... Uh, pigeonholed a lot of the Snowden shit, and I have weird feelings about Snowden too. Anyway, Greenwald's a Fed. Snowden's a Fed. Yeah, let me play this video some more. And then if yeah. you guys want me to pause, just either say something or put a hand up or something. Heard a segment right. on his program, which showed several never-before-seen camera angles, which really did call into question the official mainstream media characterization of several different people, including, of course, the infamous shaman with the fur hat, whose real name, by the way, is Mr. Jacob Chansley. He is, just for your reference, currently serving a 41-month-long prison sentence. Oh, wah. However, That's I imagine so that his lawyers are right now chomping at the bit in order to appeal his case as quickly as possible. That's because the footage that Tucker presented on his program... Let me guess. They're going to show that the police let these people in and that they weren't, like, violently breaking in. It's like, no fucking shit. The police worked yeah. with the chuds and helped them. Exactly. <laughs> they were holding the doors open. Yeah, Yeah. videos of that were available day of. Footage, by the way, that the government never gave to Jacob's lawyers, it shows the shaman being essentially escorted through the hallways by the police themselves, who then opened the doors to the Senate chamber so that he can go in and take those infamous photos that were then plastered all over every single news channel in the country for the last two years. Here's a short excerpt from the Tucker Carlson expose that aired again just two short days ago. Dangerous conspiracy theorist dressed in outlandish costume who led the violent insurrection to overthrow American democracy. For these crimes, Chansley was sentenced to nearly four years in prison, far more time than many violent criminals now receive. What did Jacob Chansley do to receive this punishment? 
To this day, there is dispute over how Chansley got into the Capitol building. But I mean, yeah, we know the police work with the fucking fascists because they are fucking fascists. Like, this is just all ML talking points here again. Like, I'm, I'm just more amused that they act surprised about it. I mean, they're not. Like, they, they're, they're doing this thing where they're trying to make it seem like the liberal media is wrong to say that this was violent or like any kind of insurrection whatsoever. Right. And really, their point is invalidated by the fact that, yeah, again, the police just work with the fascists. Um, these people were not supposed to be there. Was police letting them in or not? Like, they're not supposed to fucking be there. Like, they invaded this place during, like, I guess, what do you call it, business hours? Like, operating hours of, like, Congress when it's supposed to do something. Yeah, Congress in was in session like, during a very important, although usually just symbolic vote. Like, the intent of the, of the, of the Jan 6 thing was very obvious when it first happened. The fact that the Capitol Police, who are notoriously violent and right-wing, let these guys in, to me, like, all that proves is that the cops were in on it. And the inability to make that connection for most people is, like, part of the, part of the problem. In this you case... Do he's going to mention, like, why these people showed up at all? Do you think he's going to mention, like, why they decided to take a tour that particular day at that time? Like, No. no um, I, I really want to hear it if he does. And from my point of view, I honestly see like, like a kind of like win-win situation because both sides were kind of like, even though like, yeah, there were cops escorting people. There's also like weird people who just didn't know what was going on and just like killed a cop. And then like cops killed like a Air Force veteran that Ashley Bobbitt. It's just a win-win hogs killing hogs. You know? <laughs> Yeah. I remember when it was first happening, like, before it was fully clear what was going on, I had posted on Facebook about, like, oh, man, right-wing chuds fighting cops. This is awesome. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, oh, no. Let them fight, Jeff. Yeah, let them fight. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what really should just cue us to it being all bullshit is that it's coming from Tucker Carlson. I mean, I think just a couple right. of weeks ago, we got um, leaks about all of the Fox News reactions to um, to the election in 2020. And uh, Tucker Carlson is, like, seeing in private uh, chats with other Fox News hosts, like, you know, what the fuck's going on? They're, these chuds are buying hook, line, sinker into our bullshit. We can't keep this up. And then, you know, they just keep it up. And then you have uh, just a light bit of treason a couple months later. Mm -hmm. Funny stuff. See what else he's got to say. I mean, we don't have to watch this whole thing because this video is like 14 minutes long. We're like two and a half minutes in, so we'll probably not finish this whole thing. We can skip to a different one. We also don't have to keep watching Roman Balmakov. We can watch some other chuds. Surveillance video. It is yeah. very clear what happened once he got inside. Virtually every moment of his time inside the Capitol was caught on tape. The tapes show the Capitol Police never stopped Jacob Chansley. They helped him. They acted as his tour guides. Here's video of Chansley in the Senate chamber. Yeah, Capitol just take him to tour. Officers take him to but why that day, Tucker? Like... What was special about that day? Was there anything happening that day that they wanted to like no. disrupt in any way? Like, I, just realized, I just realized something that it's potentially that like Tucker Car Carlson had to watch like dudes just like shit in their hands and rub it on the wall. <laughs> I mean, he definitely had <laughs> some they did that. Doing. They did that yeah. there. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm sorry for putting that in you guys' heads. Multiple <laughs> <laughs> entrances, and even try to open locked doors for him. We counted at least nine officers who were within touching distance of unarmed Jacob Chansley. Not one of them even tried to slow him down. Chansley understood that Capitol Police were his allies. Video shows him giving thanks for them in a prayer on the floor of the Senate. Watch. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for many the inspiration needed to be 
Now, imagine for a quick moment that you are Mr. Jacob Chansley. You were recently sentenced to a 41-month prison sentence, which is about four years behind bars. If I, like, break into your house, but then I, like, pray to God to protect you, and I thank God for you being there, am, am I good? Like, can I just do that? I shouldn't be sentenced to as long because I'm, like, okay? Cause, or, like, what if you're just, like, nice to me? Like, what if I break into your house and, like, you're so terrified of me that you just, like, escort me around. You're just like, yeah, yeah, it's chill, it's all good, it's all good, because you're, like, trying to find a way to surreptitiously call the cops or something because you're terrified. Like, I'm good, right? Like, it's all good by the same logic. Like, we're, we're fine. It's funny because... Like you said earlier about all these being ML talking points, if you put this guy in a hoodie and he said the exact same things in a Marxist voice, it, like he wouldn't have to change the words he said at all. L you know, literally, the cops were within touching distance of him. They didn't stop him once. They tried to open the door for him. And then we just go one step further and go, obviously, they were in on it. Yeah. But for him, he says, obviously, it wasn't a crime, even <laughs> though, like, right outside the whole time there's like a literal riot happening and people being shot I, it, yeah it's 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 very frustrating because this is the type of brain rot that the the right-wing types consume all the time and it's stuff that's like on one level true but on the other hand complete bullshit it's just close enough where you could say well yeah they did let them into the chambers of the Senate or the House or whatever part of the building that we're in. Right, like he's and not lying. They weren't being harassed or anything. It's like, well, yeah, because those, those people in uniform believe in the same shit. I also, like, like, you don't get credit. And I think I said this when we first talked about this, like, right after it happened, we were, like, recording. And, like, you don't get extra credit for being bad at your insurrection or your invasion or your, like, takeover of the government. Like, just because you suck at it. Like, just because you broke in and you got successfully in there, but then you didn't know what to do because you're fucking dumb. Like, you're just literally dumb people with no class consciousness and you don't understand, like, how to take power when the opportunity has presented itself. Uh, that doesn't make it any less bad that you did it. Like, just because you're a bunch of literal pussies and you, like, tried to do something... Then you got in there, and then you just didn't know what to do, and you walked around like a bunch of dumb fucks. Like, you still are going to go to jail, and you're going to get less sentences because you're a bunch of white, privileged people, and the government generally agrees with your position. Um, but still, you're going to whine like a bunch of bitches, because that's what you guys do. And it's just really funny yep. to me that they think because they're bad at it, that they shouldn't be punished in any way. But um, I'm about done with this video, unless you guys want to keep watching it. We can do something nah, else. Nah, he's not going to say um... anything interesting about this. I had an interesting take about um, January 6th, kind of when it happened. I got to find it, though. Yeah. I also wanted to see, like, uh, I know that there are other videos that I linked, and I can't find them now. That's because Corlatus has been talking. All right, I found it. Hold on. Oh, yeah, I said, like, um, I said January 6th was kind of like, kind of like felt like a Fed operation, more of like that. Then it was like, because it's like, they literally did nothing. They just got, like, mad because one guy, you know, just, like, one guy didn't become president. But it's also, like, you know, nothing's going to fundamentally change. It's like, you know, if people did riot because of, like, unchecked police brutality and horrendous treatment of Native Americans and people of color, um, poor handling of co the COVID-19 pandemic, um, you're, like 
tax dollars being wasted to destroy the Middle East, um, an unfair justice system, you know, an education system that's broken, and a broken healthcare system. It's just like, like, why would you, why don't you riot over those, you know? Yeah. It's like, that's what we should be rioting over, but no, these people took this opportunity instead of just, like, being right in the face of Congress with a gun. Instead of doing that, they just, like, they were, like, mad because, like, Orange Man didn't win, you know? And that's also a tragedy that's not spoken about, because they ruined it for the rest of us that have actual grievances. <laughs> like, exactly. okay, like, like, okay, the, clearly the current administration, and literally any administration in the U.S. is not going to do a, a fuck all about uh, weaning itself off fossil fuels, for instance. And we're already at the point where we might be seeing the first uh, blue ocean events, which, if you guys are not familiar, is a part of a uh, feedback loop where there is exposed um, Arctic and Antarctic Ocean during the winter months. And that caused, you know, if that, that happens, that's some uh, system that might be irreversible, at least, you know, for the foreseeable future in human lifetimes. Uh, and, you know, all this stuff is staring us in the face. And Biden just announced this week that he's selling off uh, part of the Gulf the size of Italy for more fracking and drilling. Mm-hmm. And he also opened up a bit yeah. more of the Arctic for fossil fuel interests. And, well, if you're trying to actually prevent the world from dying, you'd probably want to stop that too. And now all these chuds did trying to stop one capitalist from taking power over another is make it harder for all of us to try to effectuate actual benevolent change. Exactly. And to also think this guy is like having the worst of it just because he like walked around and like supposedly, you know, like literally did nothing. Like, it's just like, you know, people are in jail just for like smoking weed and that's like for life for them yeah, too. Yeah, got like, off easy. Like, exactly. This dude got it. So much less than that. Dude, like, people who have drug charges have it worse and are going to have it worse than this guy because this guy right here, right after he gets out of jail, guess what? He's going to be Fox News. He's going to be like top Fox News host ever. He's going to be fucking rich and all that. And it's just like, like there are people out there with criminal charges who can, like, barely even live by. You know, this well, is like unless fucking uh, Kyle Rittenhouse is probably going to take the seat from Tucker next, and that makes me very, <laughs> very angry. I mean, Kyle Rittenhouse has to still prove himself as like somebody who's got some charisma and can command an audience. Like he's got the following for sure, just because he killed people, and that's all you need to do to get the right on your side. Um. But I, I mean, I wanted to say, like, this is another case of, like, where the right hates that they are perceived. Like, this is kind of just a thing that I'm on. I'm just, like, on this tangent a lot lately. But, like, the right really hates when people view them for who they are and see the things that they support in summation. And they don't like that, like, people see that they support the cops um, when it comes to certain things and then claim to hate the state and hate big government. They don't like that, like people see them supporting certain things when it comes to regulations, if it, like, is even gun control uh, when it comes to trans people now, um, but then don't yeah. support any kind of regulation that would help working people, that would stop pollution, that would, like, do anything to help anyone. So they just really hate that their whole shtick of this ostensible 
deniability where they just act like they have a consistent principled stance but then when you actually inspect their stances it's wildly inconsistent uh the only consistency is hating minorities hating any kind of marginalized people hating women hating people of color hating the out groups that we all know that they hate and so when you can view the the right in totality and just who, for who they are they literally cannot stand that that is the thing that drives them so fucking nuts and that's why they flip out about wokeism, cancel culture, any of the vaguely defined terms that they can't define if you ask them, which is, again, another thing that's going viral now is people trying to define woke and try to not be racist when they do it. Um, yeah, I mean, that's basically all it is. It's like we all know what they believe, what they stand for, who they hate and what they want. And their whole deniability act doesn't work the more you look at it. And they really just they can't stand that. Um, well, did, it goes to uh, it goes to. Um... It goes to show that, like, far-right, particularly fascist ideology is inherently irrational and is not principled, and only exists to serve power and promote the interests of those with power, and particularly those with capital. And the thing, that's, that's the, th the thing that they hate about being exposed in the way that you described is that once you lay all of their irrational and conflicting positions out, the only conclusion you can draw is that this is all a grift to make the people with the money and the power better able to wield that power against the rest of us. Part of, part of what the average chud hates about that so much is on some level, it has to force a tiny degree of introspection to realize that, like, these people don't like you either. They don't give a fuck about you. Yeah. It's a handful of people with money and power at the top using these, these bugbears and these visceral emotional issues to rile up chuds because it serves them. That, I mean, that's, I don't know, that's part of it at least. Yeah, I mean, that's like the, the essence of class consciousness, right? It's like these people are using ideology to get working class people on their side against their own class interests, and they're dumb enough to fall for it. And like literally, IQ levels and IQ measurements, as flawed as they are, they are still negatively correlated with right-wing beliefs. Like that's a study. There's several studies that show this, and I love trotting them out and just pasting them for a bunch of fucking chuds when they start arguing with me, especially if they start pulling out like the race and IQ stats, because race and IQ is like loosely correlated but there's a lot of other factors that go into it but like the correlations between actual like ideology like people's beliefs and their iq is really strongly correlated and when it when you actually look at that data it's really uncomfortable for people who are on the right at all like there's just no smart right-wing people like they well, may especially have like, because the people on the far right are the ones that push shit like iq tests right yep oh hey um, Nat. hello it's did not join nice now you got some time on your hands, basically. What's going on? <laughs> oh man, poor guy. I'm sorry, man. Yeah, you have our sympathies. Mm, let's see. Okay, so I did look up Praxben's channel because I figured he was going to have some stuff that we can uh, really oh hate. God, and one of the first <laughs> things that he that comes up just three days ago, he did a debunking black shirts and reds part one. Why Michael Parenti is wrong. Uh, so he just put this out three days ago. This is like uh, a ten-minute video, so we can start on this. That's like a forty-year-old um, book. Erm, um, erm, uh, Michael Parenti's never wrong. <laughs> I mean, so Braxman <laughs> hates tankies. Like that's the whole thing. That's why I was like super glad to have him on because he fucking hates tankies. And when Zero I was ugly. talking to him, like he's not honest. Like it was very easy. Like I'm sure you guys noticed. Mm -hmm. Like if anybody watches our YouTube or listens to our uh, SoundCloud and everything, like <laughs> I recorded two episodes with this guy. He only released one. 
do you guys think there might be a reason for that? You think like maybe the first one he prepared like a six minute clip and he thought it was like super impressive and it was like this sixth grade level fucking slideshow about why communism is bad. And then once I realize what his fucking dumbass tactics are, I come back and talk to him for another hour, debunk all his shit, show him why he's fucking wrong. Why literally the only evidence for saying the CIA was not involved in overthrowing Allende was the CIA saying it themselves. <laughs> and then I show him all this shit and then he's just like, yeah, I think I'm only going to put that out for, like, my exclusive subscribers and, like, my Discord. I don't think I'm going to put this one out on my YouTube channel for, like, public consumption. It's like, yeah, no shit, Ben. I fucking housed you. And I made you look like a moron, and that one doesn't get released. It's so fucking weird how that works. Like, fucking asshole. All right, let's watch uh, some Praxman. One of the favorite books of many communists is Black Shirts and Reds by Michael. Fucking hell yes it is. It's great. Michael Parenti. Someone here on TikTok recommended that I read this book, uh, Black Shirts and Reds. Black Shirts and Reds. Black Shirts and Reds. So what I'm going to do is go from cover to cover in this book and show you how incredibly inaccurate it is. I won't be going over everything, and I will admit there are many accurate yeah, things. Yeah, I bet you're going to skip a lot of shit, Ben. I bet you're going to skip a whole lot of things that oh, yeah. are inconvenient for you. Uh, things called facts. And you're going to skip all of those. It's in the book. Yeah. However, it is not a credible source overall. Propagandists often use little kernels of truth to make their sources seem more legitimate. This is no different. But in this case, the entire premise of the book is wrong. The subtitle of the book is Rational Fascism and the Overthrow of Communism. So what is this rational fascism? Parenti says, fascism historically has been used to secure the interest of large capitalist interests against the demands of popular democracy. Uh, true. Yep, he's right. Then and <laughs> yep, now, fascism true. has made irrational mass appeals in order to secure the rational end of class domination. So he's using rational in a sort of economic sense, like big businesses are using fascism in order to secure their own self-interest, rationally. Yes, Parenti is that. hardly yeah. the first yep. Marxian to try to make this connection between big business and fascism. I wonder why he chooses the term Marxian instead of Marxist. I was just going to wonder that. I was wondering that myself, like, and I... That just sounds like so weird to say out loud, Marxian. Yeah, like it almost sounds like Martian, and I wonder if it's like intended to be like. I mean, it has to be. Well, like so I to be saw. Like, I don't know. I don't know what like uh, what like academic or intellectual pedigree this idea has, but I saw some chart on Twitter the other day that was like, if you like this philosopher but not this philosopher, you're this, and it was like, if you like Marx but not Engels, you're a Marxian, and so I don't know if I don't know if that's real. I don't know. It was kind of the first time I'd ever seen those terms sort of delineated in that fashion. I, I highly doubt that Prax Ben knows anything about that. So I, mean, I, I assume it's a I assume it's a term that he chooses to use because it sounds perhaps more pejorative than Marxist. Oh yeah, like how Republicans will say Democrat Party as well. You know, I think exactly it's probably right. the same vein as that. Yeah, Prax Ben is a libertarian, right? Yeah, I mean, he's got that fucking... He's got a black yeah, and just, white uh, Gaston flag behind him, like, real big with some other writing on it that I haven't seen before, but it looks it looks pretty fascist. Like, he's... Okay, I'm just going to say this right fascist. now. He's a fascist. He's a fucking fascist. Libertarians because the amount of times that he has... Well, Sorry. I mean, yes, libertarians are all fascists. Capitalists are fascists. Like, like, we all know this, but, like, even just for, yeah. like, the normies, like, the people who are fucking liberals or neoliberals who think that, like, there is a difference between your Gadsden flag flying uncle and a fascist because they're fucking dumb people. Like there is no difference, but like, if you still think that there is some distinction between those two, Prax Ben is still further to the right of most libertarians because he talks about Hans Hermann Hoppe lovingly. The fact that he just even talks about oh that guy God. as if he's not an absolute joke 
shows you that Praxman is an absolute fascist. And then, not to mention, like, the fucking pictures with Kyle Rittenhouse and just worshipping that kid, so. Yeah, it's just like, like, why are you, as a libertarian, like, simping for the CIA, you know? Like... Only when they, like, attack brown people and communists. It's weird how that works. Our arguments yep. back in 1964, Clements in 1972. In his own chapter of the book Fascism, the a Reader's Guide, Alan... <laughs> Who said that? That was not. That was not. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. <laughs> Millward completely tears these arguments to shreds, stating the economic tendencies of fascist states within this interpretation would be more correctly described as anti-capitalist than as capitalist, and concluding that the hypotheses which equate fascism to a stage in capitalism or to the defensive reactions of major capitalist interests are inadequate. There's just not enough evidence to support this position. Now, in the first chapter of Black Shirts and Reds... Per- okay, so, like, show me that there's not enough evidence, Ben. Like, he literally is just asserting this. Like, he doesn't say anything at all. He's referencing some book, but, like, he's not showing anything. He's just asserting that there is not enough evidence to show that capitalist companies, capitalist countries... Governments that are influenced by capital interests resort to fascism when things get tough, and they use that to maintain their privileged position. That's literally what they do. Like, they privatize businesses, they take state-owned businesses, they hand them to their wealthy cronies. That's what happened in Italy. That's what happened in Nazi Germany. Like, that's what fucking happens in fascism. That's what Black Shirts and Reds is about. That's what Michael Prince talks about all the time. And then Praxman just comes in here and is like, actually, uh, no. With fucking nothing. Like, with fucking nothing to show for it. Like... Right, like, what is his counter-argument that happened in places like Germany and Italy in the 30s? Like, that that's literally word for word what happened. The government took control of those businesses, but they were still private. They, they were still labor. in the hands. They canceled all the yeah. unions. They got rid of all the leftists and communists. Like, what else do you need to know? Like, Exactly. Yeah, it's like, it's like he's trying to do, like, the argument that, like, like, that fascism isn't like and is like anti-capitalist because it's national socialism get it guys get it it's, it's in the name guys <laughs> right in the name you guys <laughs> i mean that's literally like uh third positionism right right which is fascism yeah it's just it's just yeah. fascism it's just it's just dressed up nicer that's why i always get really suspicious when uh democrats in particular talk about a third way which mm-hmm. they do a lot it's always andrew yang Damn you, Clinton. Fucking oh. Andrew Yang. <laughs> Andrew Yang literally just, like, out- literally tweeting out, um, like, like I'm going to have a campaign that has communists and fascists walking down the street hand in hand. Hold on, I think Andrew Yang has a point about gathering up fascists. But the other point is, I want communists there, too, not to, like, hold hands with the fascists, either. Yeah, I mean, there is a certain way I want to see communists walking with fascists, but, like, there's a gun in the communist's (laughs) hands that's pointing at the fascists, like... You know, the people being hanged are fascists, like, that'd be kind of cool, that'd be a fun little public outing. Now, I do want to walk with the fascist guys, okay? Don't get me wrong, but we're going to be walking side by side, and and I'm going to put them and i'm gonna put them in a gated area just from away from society we're gonna give the fascists a gated community we're really nice we're gonna call that's called an intentional community thank you oh my god (laughs) you you can't say that (laughs) that's fine no we're gonna we're just gonna gulag him it's fine Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah yeah we don't we don't we don't need a we don't need a euphemism it's a work camp fuck you (laughs) yeah fuck you i mean so that's the feds who are listening that's the other thing is like (sighs) 
I, I mean, I don't know if I need to reiterate this to, to you guys, but maybe if there's like some people listening who are just like new to the show. Um, I remember like when I heard this on Prol's pod for the first time, because it, again, it was like, was a huge thing that radicalized me. When I first heard about the conditions of the gulags and what they actually were and how people were in prison for, was it like 10 years at the most? Like that was the absolute maximum you could yeah, be imprisoned. People were given like full, like they were given like three square meals a day. Like they had actually decent room and board conditions and they were, they were made they to were work. They were like villages. Yeah, it was like actually decent. Like it was better than American prisons first and foremost. But then oh, yeah. Yeah. when people say that like, uh, they try to defend Operation Paperclip and say that like the U.S. brought all these Nazis and put them in fucking NASA, and they're like they they literally gave them all these like cushy jobs and like nice houses and shit. Like they set these people to fuck up and like give them positions of power and influence, and then they try to compare it like people defending the U.S. doing this try to de- compare it to the the Soviets also who took Nazi scientists. Like they put them in the fucking gulags. Like they made them work and. Again, it wasn't like torturous conditions, even though it fucking should have been because these are literal fucking Nazis. But they actually like treated them somewhat humanely and then set them up like I think careers after that and everything, as long as they were fucking rehabilitated and weren't fucking fascist assholes. What do you got, Nat? Uh, I want to. Um, well, first, actually, I think uh, I think Bubs was up first. Oh, sorry. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, I just want to say, yeah, I think there is definitely something to be said how American prisons today are literally more brutal and less merciful. Well, then, uh, at least in the West here, what you see depicted uh, as what gulags are like. You know, like you'd have Western movies in gulags in circa like 1930, 1940. There was some sort of freedoms, at least within the camp, where you could rehabilitate yourself. I mean, yeah, not everyone got rehabilitated. If you were a fascist and you went to a gulag, it, you know, I'm pretty sure you knew what your fate was going to be, but there was still a chance to get out and there was still an aim for uh, rehabilitation, which I think you don't see at least in the American prison system. And I, I just want to stress that. I mean, I live very close to Rikers Island myself where people are still dying every week. Uh, they don't and have any hope. Sorry to interrupt, but isn't Rikers Island a jail that's like partially populated by people who have not been committed of cri- convicted of crimes? Yep. That's exactly yeah. that. Um, so right. they are, it's more like a detention center before you're formally charged with things, but it's effectively a, well, it, it works like a death camp. There are people who are in prison there who die while committing hard labor. I don't know how else you could describe well, people, it. People like, die there like every month, don't they? Dog, every day. People have been dying yeah, COVID, like, since COVID up. happened. Like, yeah. Oh, dude, yeah, COVID so. decimated the incarcerated population. It was they were horrible. dying of COVID while making hand sanitizer for $2 a day for repackaging while also hand sanitizer. burying their dead. Yeah. yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, but what I was well, going to say um, was um, that uh, I take a little bit of umbrage with the fact that uh, Soviet gulags are seen as despotic or um, even negative uh, at all because frankly my goal in life is to break rocks all day while being taught the immortal science that sounds <laughs> rad as fuck i mean when you put it like that right, right. gulag me papa like <laughs> right. that's no. fucking great you know one thing that's kind of funny is like you look at like Amer- like american prisons and stuff like that like you could look at um a prison work camp think of like that's just like normalized in our society and like people don't people don't really question it like just like 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 paid labor except that's like you know not like going in your that's just like a little bit and you're doing it like every day under like harsh conditions and it's just like like you put like 
prison labor camp USA in there, no one's going to react to it. You put prison labor camp, like, same thing, or, like, you know, gulag, USSR, people are going to get mad. It's like... Or China. Yep, or China, or Cuba, North Korea. Well, I don't even think... Does North Korea even have work camps? Probably not. Does North Korea <laughs> not that even I've have seen. crime? I don't think they have that's crime. What I told, that's what I told I, my I don't friend. think they have crime. <laughs> like, guys, like they probably have, like, murders of passion every now have... and then. But, like, was that everybody... Bumps? However meager, everybody has things okay. provided for them. Oh, it, I was telling my friends this today, like, they're still kind of a little bit lib-brained, so I just, like, so I just pretended that China was, like, oppressive. And I said, you guys know that, like, you know, objectively, like, there's more evidence against China than there is North Korea, right? And they're kind of like, yeah, a little bit, you know, just like... Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I know, I did, I, I was a yeah, little bit... Of course. Yeah, and then he did, like, the hand jerk-off motion. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was going to make a point saying communism is when your prison has only 500 square feet of room. Which, by the way, I currently live in an apartment <laughs> in New York. I'm pretty sure most prisons anywhere else in the world outside of America have more room than I do. Yeah. It's like that pe people always point to those fucking, like, Danish prisons or Swedish prisons, prisons, and they're like, how come the prisoners get that? And I'm like, you're so close to getting this. <laughs> you're so close to understanding. Don't ask why they have it. Ask why you don't. Yeah. Like, why is this prison nicer than the apartment I'm paying uh, 2K for? Right? Fucking wonder, bro. Anyway. You guys want to, uh, I'll pick back up on uh, Praxman and see if you can tell us why Michael Parenti's wrong somehow. <laughs> yeah, let's let's hear uh, yeah, we gotta, we gotta hear him out. Stage in capitalism, or to the defensive reactions of major capitalist interests, are inadequate. There's just not enough evidence to support this position. Now, in the first chapter of Black Shirts and Reds, that's like again, that's just such a huge fucking assertion that he just zooms on past. But okay, Parenti starts off by pointing out he encountered merchants who sold Mussolini shirts and talks about how he thinks people sanitize fascist history. Now, I don't know what books he's referring to here that claim mm -hmm, that Mussolini made Italy. I mean, Stand. that's like literally like, okay, books and articles claiming that Mussolini not only made the trains run on time, but also made Italy work well. That's literally what people say about fascism to this day. They say it about Hitler. Yeah. I didn't even know they said it about Mussolini. Apparently that must be when the rumor started. Like, they, they've all, I've always heard that said about Hitler, is that, like, oh, well, at least he made the trains run on time, and people picture Which fascism. isn't even true. No. no. But like, I've if, only if you, heard about Mussolini. The, like, the average American pictures both, fascism yeah. and communism somewhat similarly, but they picture fascism in color and with stuff and clean streets, and then they picture communism in grayscale with, like, uh, the same, like, torturous conditions, but without food and more suffering. That's literally what they think, because people have been so fucking indoctrinated. They think that fascism and communism are the same, but that fascism is at least a little better, because they also picture themselves being, like, the white, uh, revered subjects of it, who still get to, like, deal with the harsh conditions and the, and the overarching authority, but, like, they're at least out of the concentration camps and they're okay. What you got, Bubs? So that actually is a great point, and it's fascinating to me how you can't get more camaraderie or the fact that, look, I had a grandpa that stormed Normandy. If I met someone in Russia right now, I'm pretty sure I could bond over them having people who died trying to defend, like, Leningrad or some shit. Like, they, 30 million Soviets died trying to defeat Nazis. They suffered so much more than we had to in the West to try to defeat arguably the most 
horrific modern evil that we've seen outside of maybe the British Empire. Yeah, the Bubs, but, but the man with the I mean? rifle will shoot, and the man with the ammunition will pick up the rifle when the man with the rifle true. is shot. I... Like, it, yeah, it, like, it's, so cra- it's so crazy how it's so crazy how deranged and like disingenuous all of the information any of us were taught in school about World War II and Nazis and communists and the difference between the two. Yeah. And and the simple fact that we more or less glossed over the fact that 27-something million Soviet citizens died in the war, and it's just, and you know you see that number, and the American reaction is to hand wave it and say, well, they just threw waves of men. And it's like, yeah, because they were like trying to stop waves of, of men. Generation <laughs> yeah. five. Like I think somewhere between ninety-five to ninety-seven percent of able-bodied men and women were just wiped out from that war. We have to say nothing for the the Eastern European states that were that were just depopulated by the SS and by local fascists and stuff. Like I mean, I mean, those twenty-seven million dead in the Soviet Union; those are war dead. I mean, those numbers. I don't think they get included, like the the Estonian Jews and the Lithuanian Jews and all those folks that were murdered by the the local fascists and all that shit. Yeah, it's Uh, it's it's appalling. Yeah, like whenever I hear about like fucking holocaust denial stuff like that it's just like fucking idiotic you know like mm-hmm. like they really just think like oh yeah you know auschwitz is like the only camp like no they had camps in eastern europe they had they had like yeah, other the worst camps, camps of like, all were in like poland lithuania yeah. latvia mm-hmm. they weren't in germany obviously i mean it's exactly like in the united states how we export our fucking black site torture camps to Places like Poland and Kazakhstan. It's the exact same tactic. Yep, I mean, yeah, fascist, like, Hitler's ideology is pretty much just, like, built up from what America did to, like, Native Americans. Nat's had his hand up for, like, ten minutes. Go ahead, Nat. Oh, I was just going to say that we have, uh, there's, so there's two things, right? It it all comes down to, like, not just what we were taught. But also, um, outside of that, like how everything's portrayed, right? So, and it, it comes down to our media, right? Both our pop media and our news media, right? When it comes to pop media, it's very, very funny to think about at the end of the, um, at the end of the prequel series in Star Wars, right? When the Empire finally, like, gets all set up and, and, and just ready to go. And they're like, we have this new thing. It's called a Death Star that we're working on. And suddenly they all have new uniforms that look like they were designed 30 years ago because of the communist bloc, right? Um, and you have that uniform. Like, it's because of the uniforms, right? Like, it's one of the things that, like, the whole, like, sh- like horseshoe theory that we still, like, get so ingrained in us is because we see fascists in military uniforms and we see communists in military uniforms, and obviously one of those is good and one of those is bad, irrespectively, because I said those backwards. But uh, the other thing, too, is we have no sense of scale when it comes to numbers, especially when it comes to, like, news media, right? So, like, you look at the way it would portray – the way, like, the media would portray Russia in any way at any given time and any time they had to cite a number, like, let alone, like, the victims of communism, right? Like uh, – there's a, there was a movie that came out in, like, the 80s, right? And it was really, really popular in Russia. 
and they said something like a uh, hundred and twenty million Russians went to go see this movie from from uh, Kaliningrad to Vladivostok was like the sub headline, right? That's like a lot of Russians, but there were only a hundred and fifty million Russians at the time, and literally like that same movie season, E.T. had come out, and like. Fucking 300 million people went to go see E.T., which is more than there are Russians. There's no sense of scale. There's no sense of proportion. Like, and, that, and I think that plays right into what we were just talking about with, like, the 27 million dead in World War II, right? Like, that's a lot of Russians, but it's because there were a lot of Germans, yeah. like, attacking them. I think that also goes just to a point under, well... We all, most of us live in the U.S. I can't speak for all of us. I know that Matt and I definitely do. Uh, we're still in the middle of a pandemic. We're, we've had like what two nine elevens a day worth of casualties from this disease, and now mm-hmm. Biden is going to um, not try to block the Republicans' bills to try to end the state of emergency or something uh, yeah, regarding. I just saw that. Yeah, and it's it's, it's insane because I remember back when there were tractor trailers here in New York that were being filled with dead bodies because we couldn't handle the rush of people going to hospitals that were likely going to die there. Yeah. And it, like, you, there's no way, at least for us in America, I only speak for us at least, to, to uh, reckon with this. To reckon with not only just the sort of sacrifice that you've had in history to try to stop fascism, but even in the modern day, where you're seeing all of the failures of the modern capitalist state being laid bare. And, I mean, we, there was maybe one moment where we stood up for George Floyd, yeah, but I remember also reading something where only 0.3% of the entire U.S. population was even involved in that across the entire 50 states. Mm. Which, I mean, we got to... You only need 3% to overthrow, overthrow the government, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 3%, bro. <laughs> They really believe that shit. Hold on, I want to play some more of this uh, Praxbin video. Yeah, wait, yeah, not, yeah. wait, not to be fair, the three percent thing is is right if they're following a Leninist model. Yeah, yeah, but they wouldn't be. Uh, no, they're not. Fascists. I'm just, I'm just coming to bat for them a little bit. Yeah, man, I. Uh, so, so this is another thing. Like while we were talking about like the last couple tangents we went on, I've been working on some uh, hard to swallow pill meme. Uh, in my <laughs> like, I have a couple of them that I've been working on. One is just like the U.S. is objectively more authoritarian than China. I think that would mm-hmm. like rub a lot of people the right. wrong way and maybe go viral a little bit because that's like a really fucking hard pill to swallow for most fucking Americans. Um, another one being because you guys were talking about World War II would would just be saying the Soviets won World War II and not the U.S. Like a lot of people fucking think the U.S. or Great Britain in the U.S. won World War II and it's simply not the case. Uh, you guys obviously just outlined that a lot. But like another one like North Korea is just a normal country. Like, that's just a very hard pill to swallow for, like, most Americans. Like, the fact that they are just, like, a bunch of people going about their lives, going to work, and that maybe they do have some authoritarian measures when it comes to, like, free speech or, like, leaving their country because they were kind of, like, genocided. Like, the U.S. Mm kind of killed a third of their population and decimated every building over two stories. And they're a little fearful of, like, the outsiders in the West because they don't trust them. They might have some history there. I don't know. (laughs) Dude, you're allowed to leave North Korea. You are allowed to leave North Korea. Anyone oh, yeah, and also, like, we are allowed to visit according to North Korean law. It's only U.S. Yeah. law that prevents us from visiting. Yeah, there it's was, only South um, Korean law that, uh, that stops South Koreans from going to North Korea. 
North Koreans yeah. can go to South Korea. And there was, um, yeah, there's like, like I remember one video called "Let's Go Get a Haircut," and it's like they go to North yeah, Korea and get the Kim Jong Un. Yeah, they get the Kim Jong Un haircut just to prove. Well, I don't think they were really proving anything. I think they just wanted to do it, and then it's like literally you just like proved that, um, like it's just literally a normal haircut place. You know. <laughs> It's a barber shop. Yeah, I think yeah. there was like a yeah. yeah. I think there was also a NBC thing going on during like the South. There was like Olympics, like Winter Olympics, and um, mm-hmm. South Korea, I believe, or maybe it was the summer. No, it was one of there was like Olympics in South Korea, and they he was like in North like I think it was like Lester Holt. He was in like North Korea. He's like, yep, yeah, this is like a ski resort in North Korea right here. Oh, yeah. Looks pretty normal, doesn't it? Like, yeah, that's literally a normal ski. <laughs> yeah, <resort>. dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck, dude, it sure does. This is a sandwich, <laughs> North Korea. It looks right. totally yeah. normal, doesn't it? <laughs> it's like when Vice, like, tried to smuggle in, like, uh, um, journalists to, like, spy on the state. And they were like, North Korea stopped us from smuggling in journalists. And I'm like, good. <laughs> you were smuggling <laughs> in journalists. <laughs> Yeah, like, kind of also, like, that one journalist guy, I think, um, like, he was a foreign reporter, goes into North Korea, and he's, like, talking to kids, having, like, fun. I think it was on Mike's page or something like that. It was, like, a, it was like him talking. He was, like, uh, so do you wish death on Americans? And the oh, kids were, like, yeah. <laughs> I saw that in Discord earlier today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They just have, like, the guns, and they're having fun and shit. And it's just like, yeah, see, that's not oppression right there. That's fun. It's like, you know, know, it's not oppressed talking about killing Americans. You know, I wouldn't blame. (laughs) No, that's a funny clip, because that was, like, a British reporter, I think. And he was talking to, or maybe it was American, it doesn't matter. He was talking to some North Korean kids, and they were literally playing, like, a video game. They had, like, the plastic guns. They're shooting at the thing. And he's asking, he's like, what are you guys doing? And they're like, oh, we're shooting Americans. And, 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 he, and he was like, what the fuck? And he was like, they're like, yeah, we think this is like super fun. And he was like, do you guys want to kill Americans? He, and they're like, yeah. And these kids are like eight. And they were like super hardcore about it. They were like, yeah, we just want to fucking kill all these Americans. And I was like, so they were like based as fuck, but like they have a reason again for doing that. Like they literally have a national trauma. Like I don't understand, like yeah. I really don't think people in the West can understand the gravity of what that's like to have mm-hmm. a third of your country genocided by some foreign power literally because you tried to rise up against your oppressor oppressors and your national your outside colonizers like they were being colonized by the the Japanese and they like were saying fuck this we're not going to take it anymore they rose up in like again the real version of like what Americans think 1776 was like yeah. which was actually just a bunch of fucking business interests who convinced a bunch of fucking poor farmers to rise up for their sake and die for their their fucking business sakes like that's how wars in America always have been and these people yep. literally were a working class force that rose up like your fucking three percenter fucking fantasies like they did this shit they overthrew their oppressors they had their own democratically controlled government run by the fucking workers for the workers and what happens the U.S. is no we cannot have that shit we need the fucking resources and they bombed the shit out of these people and decimated them and divided up the country because they feel like it whenever you see a fucking straight line across a border that's a bunch of white people doing some shit to some people that didn't deserve it and that's what we have that's why we have a divided korea and it's, it's fucked up sorry bubs go ahead 
I was going to say there are a couple of Americans that I've experienced um, having a massive amount of their uh, peoples wiped out and then subjected to imperialism within the borders of our country. Yeah, uh, but they happen to be uh, indigenous tribes and Hawaiians, uh, the native Hawaiians. So it's not that it's not happened here, but mm -hmm. more that the average American is removed from that because, well, let's look at the peoples that came here or outside of the indigenous populations. You have uh, slaves, you had money gentry that came over here, you had immigrant populations that were just uh, assimilated to the working class. They didn't really have much of a choice in them. I might be missing one or more class of folk, but that's sort of just what makes up the fabric of America. It just exists for the benefit of the petty bourgeois class, a, a class of nobles that just didn't want to be ruled by a king, but still wanted to be kings in practice. And that's, you know, part of the struggle that we have to deal with um, as leftists. Uh, now nah, you can go. Oh, I was just going to add to what you were saying there, Bubs. You know, it's um, obviously it's very good to acknowledge that sort of thing. Uh, and wholly foundational to our entire argument but also like the you can't draw you cannot draw parallels between the the games that like um those uh korean kids were playing where they want to shoot americans and like white children playing you know quote cowboys and indians right like those those two examples are um so telling or sort of the national mindsets of both countries right or at least um majority populations of both countries. Uh, and I think that's just something to think about. Yeah, I mean, again, like, the U.S. just, like, glorifies fascism, either implicitly or sometimes explicitly. Like, the fact that, like, for a long time, it was kind of a meme that the History Channel was the Hitler Channel, because it's just, like, anytime you turned it on, it was just, like, some kind of Hitler documentary. And it's, like, there's not that kind of reverence for Stalin. They're considered, like, the same, like, I guess Hitler, Stalin, and Mao are all wrongfully considered about on the same level to Americans. Mm -hmm. And they just think implicitly that, like, uh, Stalin genocided a bunch of people just because he didn't like them, and so did Mao. They don't understand any of the material conditions involved. They don't understand that, like, there were famines in these places regularly and then weren't anymore once the communists took hold. So fucking mm -hmm. weird how that works. They don't understand that it wasn't some kind of, like, intentional genocide in either case against some kind of ethnic group uh, it was just either counter-revolutionaries, like literal fascists who were resisting collectivization or resisting the workers' revolution, or like fucking mistakes, like just fucking mistakes that happen when you're trying to do some kind of national project. And it's like, mm -hmm. they will never admit that shit because it goes against their, I mean, another fucking meme I've been kind of working on in my mind is like the, uh, what do you call it, like the four-panel NPC meme where like somebody says uh, um, communists killed millions or whatever, and then... You, you like the the second person who is not the NPC says, well, only according to like fascist propaganda, and then the person like um, this turns it's into bad. a fascist. They no, they just turn into a, like they just oh. a just goes over their head because they just <laughs> double down because that is the reaction from people. It's like if you present these people with the the fact that they're what's that? Sorry, fragile liberal fragile and the liberal. fascist bleeds exactly. That is it. That is it. Like the the liberals who are still kind of using those talking points today have subconsciously chosen fascism. And that is their reaction every time, is that they double down. If you present them with the information that what they are using or citing is fascist propaganda, they double down. Like, nobody, nobody admits that they're wrong anymore and they change, changes their mind anymore. It's like, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's only us. It's really only the Marxists who actually are right. presented with new information and change their minds. Like, that's what you're supposed to fucking do. Like, 
Sorry. Which is yeah. one of the reasons we're fundamentally always in a weaker position than the fascists, is because we acknowledge yeah. reality, admit to our mistakes, all of that. That's a good point. Let me go, uh, let me go this... Bubs and then Remington. Yep, you can go I think this also And then are we ever going to about... react to this guy again? Yeah, I mean, I don't really need to watch Prax Ben. We can just kind of talk, <laughs> but yeah, we will at some point. I just think there's something to be said about how few famines that have occurred in places like the Soviet Union when it existed, and China after they went through these growing pains. Certainly, like, these projects for agriculture, they're designed so that you don't have scarcity, so you don't have your population suffering. But compare that to, like, say, Tsarist Russia before the revolution. We were having famines, like, every other, like, three to five years. I think there's something to be said there that at least, you know, they they might have fucked up at points, but they're at least trying and at least, like, they're their heart's in the right place. They're trying to do the right thing. And, you know, yeah. And also succeeding. There are mistakes that happen. Yeah. But at least we'll applaud them for for at least taking those steps. Because so many other states, as we can see in modern times, too, do not. Nor do they want to. Nor do they want to. Uh, Remington, did you have something? Oh, yeah. So, kind of, like, one thing about, kind of, like, Americans being fascist, like, you know how they would look at that one video that Mike posted? It was, like, the Korean kids with mm-hmm. the video game Killing Americans. Like, a lot of people in, like, America, of course, like, a majority of people would be like, oh, my God, that's fucked up. They want to kill me. It's like, but Americans don't question their own morality of, like, mm-hmm. other nations. Like, like they literally make memes about, like, genociding, like, Native Americans. Like, oh, ha, ha, like conquered not stolen they do the same thing with um and like um south america with like the incas and their ancient civilizations and even like even like iraqi children they're like they're like oh yeah you know what they needed to be bombed because like otherwise like the wmds they would have they would have gone off and all of that kind of shit yeah. it's just like like that is like the like if you're against communism then why are you for like killing these kids because these atrocities did happen all these did happen and you like constantly shit on communism for like opposed supposed genocides but you let this shit fly it's like really stupid like just fascist ingrained in their head fascism ingrained in their heads you know i uh i thought of a meme earlier today i was listening to the trash future podcast which was uh the first world urge to deny immigrants to your country after you spent your tax dollars to destroy their country. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Got Jesus. Exactly. Oh, I was going to say that, you no. know, speaking of, of Americans, um, believing in their own morality and, and uh, operating under that assumption and producing under that assumption, you have, we have to remember too, right after nine 11, there was that, um, that video game that was produced. It was just you killing, um, Arabic people. Uh, they would all like say horribly like uh, I mean they wouldn't say things they would just make awful sounds that sound vaguely like Arabic as you fucking mow them down right and they had this guy that made it on like CNN or CNBC or or something like just I mean he made the rounds right just and everybody was like oh that's really funny and on the subject of video games about killing Americans how many fucking Russians and Chinese and whatever do you kill in Call of Duty games like come on. I've never once played a Call of Duty game, and I do not plan to change that. All right, well, t- you're okay, missing nah. out. But that's all right. You got to at least play <laughs> Nazi zombies. Come on. <laughs> I'm, I'm not doing this. No, no, I'm not I'm entertaining not. this. 
All there's right, actually right, a mission right. in a Call of Duty game where like you are a mass shooter in a Russian airport. So there, yeah. there's a lot more it's Russians that up. die and a lot of innocent people that die at your hands, possibly more than any Americans would in the similar sort of uh, game here. All I know but, but is also, I do not want to. Th- I do not want to entertain the possibility that Russia did the fucking highway of death. Yeah, not giving my money to any that of that. Anything up. like that. Exactly. So that crazy. is honestly. So uh, do right? you guys remember when there were parties being held like around 2003 because we invaded? Mm-hmm. Like there, were, like there would be watch parties, parties for for the invasion. And I know like this is very timely because this is about 20 years after the fact, which is literally still fucking crazy to me. I was I was three when that happened, so Good no, God. I don't remember the parties. Jesus but. Christ. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> well, I feel old now. <laughs> Are you tall enough to ride this ride? Get out of here. <laughs> I hope I'm so. technically not. Yeah, I'm probably not taller relevant. than a lot of you. I'm probably taller than a lot of you. I'm like 6'4". <laughs> Jesus oh my Christ, God. I'm 5'8 on a good day. Like yeah, right. All right, let me, let me react to Ben here. Let's, uh, yeah, let's go, let's go back to Benny. Yeah. Ties fascist history. Now, I don't know what books he's referring to here that claim that Mussolini made Italy work well, but he points out he clearly wants to focus on class policies and these books do not provide that. And how most literature doesn't talk about these social services, taxes, business, and conditions of labor. Now, this is definitely true. Okay, that's also not true. Like, there are plenty of printed speeches and writings where he talks about the policies toward labor and corporations in fascist Italy and Germany. And like I said, they brought back child labor, they crushed unions, they literally got rid of the communists and the leftists and the organizers and lowered the wages. Like, everything that businesses want to do uh, to run more efficiently, even in neoliberalism, they did, and they did it at the barrel of a gun. Let me go with Bill in the net. So, just like a small academic point, when Praxman says he doesn't know what books Parenti is referencing, Parenti's an academic those books are academic works. There is definitely a bibliography and notes. You yeah. could easily look up what he's referencing. So he's just, I mean, it, obviously we all know he's being extremely intellectually dishonest, but it's to a degree that's like, uh, you know, it's malicious. Uh, and then, and then Praxbin says uh, that, you know, that he doesn't know what books uh, um, Parenti has about fascist Italy specifically. Parenti has a book about fascist policies in the original Italy. It's called The Assassination of Julius Caesar. So, like, dude has his bona fides and goes way the fuck back. Just like, just like Michael Parenti. Just Michael Parenti one night just, like, just, like, had a, like, epiphany and... Like a like a dream calling came to me in a dream. The future <laughs> of Prax Ben. He's like, oh my god, I gotta write a book on this. <laughs> Herbal info. I can't let <laughs> Prax Ben own me. I gotta write this. <laughs> Have changed more recently. His book was published in 1997. The book Hitler's Beneficiaries by German historian Gott Sally came out in 2005. This book primarily focuses on the Nazi welfare state. There's also another really new one, Hitler's True Believers. Both of these books have the common theme of looking at Nazi social policy and how they were able to keep the support of the people. In Ali's book, he says it is necessary to focus on the socialist aspect of national socialism. Michael Parenti says taxes were increased for the general populace, but lowered or eliminated for the rich and big business. He does that's that's like super socialist, right? Like like that's the super <laughs> socialist policy, right? What's going on? Well, I mean, Praxman's TikTok videos. I now support the Restrict Act. (laughs) 
also, this means Trump was right because we we have the cheap Marxism in here in, in America. Congratulations, guys. We've done it. <laughs> we did it. Thank you, Prax Ben. I love Hitler now. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> no, That's not going to take out of context at all, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm saving that clip. <laughs> many sources for this. In fact, his entire book is extremely lacking in the source department. Unlike Ali's book, Hitler's Benefit. Okay, this, but lower. Has anybody like looked at the bibliography for black shirts and reds? Like, is that the case? No, because but I bet like, I can find it like, for you really easily. Yeah, like, like, I have it like thirty feet from me. It's just like, oh yeah, look it up. I have Go a feeling this is Tell another one of Praxpin's. Like, when I talked to Praxpin, like I said in our first hour, he just says, "Uh, the CIA they actually weren't really involved in the overthrow of Ende." Like, he just throws that out there, just kind of asserts it, no facts or anything, no no like sources or anything. So I, it's just like, like said, this it up afterwards. guy recently that said uh, that actually the CIA wasn't involved in the Mosaddegh coup in Iran. And it's like, that's oh, just right. not fucking real, dude. Like, you're just straight up lying. <laughs> that's a fun one. Like, I shared that among some people that I know, like, who aren't politically left. And I sent them those. That was like the tweet with the three pictures that accompanying it. What was it? A screen cap of the Guardian article saying the CIA was involved in overthrowing Mosaddegh. And this was in like 2013. 2023, an article comes out from this guy saying the coup that never was and the CIA was never involved in the overthrow of Mossadegh. And then the third shot is that same author of that article saying that the CIA was not involved, starting his career with the CIA like 30 years earlier. And Tim Weiner. God. I can't remember what his name was, but like I sent that tweet and everything and those three pictures to my friends and they were like, well, what the fuck? Like, why would this guy just write this article like 10 years later after the admission already came out? And I'm like, because the press hires CIA, like Operation Mockingbird never ended. And so they infiltrate the press exactly just right. to put their message out there so that you just think that is common knowledge. And it's like, that's how it fucking works. I didn't say all that. I just said Operation Mockingbird never ended. The media hires CIA agents. No response, like no nothing from my friends. It's fine. I'm probably going to cut this out because it's like embarrassing to talk about my personal life on the podcast. But anyway, <laughs> Remington, what you got? Sorry. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I just, I kind of thought of it as a funny concept of just like, like Guatemala being overthrown, like the Guatemalan government being overthrown in 1954 because people were tired of like getting land and that the um, <laughs> um, United Fruit Company was just like being screwed over by the government. And then like a military general gathered a lot of people just like for no reason just to like overthrow them and give the United Fruit Company their food back. You know, it was not CIA involved at all. <laughs> just coincidence. Okay. No, just Alan Dulles, who's kind of just like chilling at his desk, not doing anything. You know, he totally doesn't have any connections with the United Fruit Company at all. <laughs> now, no. what'd you have? So, I have uh, my copy of Black Shirts and Reds right here. And um, Praxbin is right. There is not a bibliography at the back of the book. However, all of the citations are on almost every single page, mm. some of which take up a third to a half of the page, <laughs> which means that if he continues down this road of showing his stupid punchable face in front of the pages, after he's claimed that there's no bibliography, he is going to inadvertently show all of the bibliography. You know what? That just goes to show that... Uh... Footnotes are superior to endnotes, as 100%. Michael Parenti has demonstrated. I love footnotes, man. It's Fuck endnotes. Yeah. <laughs> All my homies hate endnotes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my god, there's just an index. He's right. Oh. oh, there it is. <laughs> I guess I'll play some more of Praxbin here and see what else he says.
Right. for the rich and big business. He doesn't give any sources for this. In fact, his entire book is extremely lacking in the source. That's a lie. <laughs> Unlike Ali's book, Hitler's Beneficiaries. He points out that Nazi leadership intervened to protect lower and middle income Germans. They had tax breaks for the masses. They had the real estate inflation tax, for example, which cost German property owners 8.1 billion Reichsmarks in 1942 alone. He points out discussions of the property tax were framed by the general principle that materially better off Germans were to bear a considerably larger share of the burden of war than poor ones. Talking about their welfare state, he says upward mobility for the common people in various forms and not infrequently at the cost of others was one of the fundamental political innovations of the 20th century. The Nazi brand of socialism was part of this tradition. Now I should clarify, I'm not a welfare state supporter. I don't support any of these prescriptions. This is merely an objective analysis of history using credible sources. The national socialist economy was not a good thing and we should not seek to be like it. Some great sources showing how terrible it was is Omnipotent Government by Ludwig von Mises and The Wages oh, of Destruction by right. Adam Tooze. You can also check out this paper. All right, so he's just asserting again that the Nazi government had more upward mobility and then had more social programs for the middle class. Like he's describing, we're trying to describe like what we would actually consider like more socialism, but also leaving out the glaring portion of how it's like only for a certain race, like only for certain exactly. people. Exactly, like, that's uh, what I was gonna say yeah. about that, is that his, he might be correct about the fact that quote unquote average Germans received tax breaks. In fact, I would even grant that to him, but he's leaving out the part where all the Jews, all the Roma, all the trans people, all the, all the disabled people, all, all the leftists, all had their fucking property confiscated and were shipped off to camps. Like, oh, really? The It's just, I mean, it's the same thing you were talking about, how Americans sort of, like, like fascism better than, uh, than uh, you know, quote-unquote Stalinism, because... They picture themselves as the quote-unquote average German getting the fucking tax break. Because in the United mm -hmm, States, mm -hmm. they are. Damn fine point. Let me go with Nat and then Bubs. Uh, I would like to just say that um, there's one place, too, where, uh, where Praxbin and I align. I also do not want a welfare state. I want public ownership of labor and production. Based. Damn right. <laughs> I was also going to say... Um, Will has a great point there in that, well, I feel like a lot of Americans are, well, because of public schooling or because of culture at large or whatever you want to blame, we are just predisposed to buy into like the national myth, which it inherently is fascist. We, we're talking about a belief in that, you know, this is a city upon a hill, that we are like a chosen people because of reasons. We came here, uh, and that I mean, all of you, know, the, you, you had to glorify sorry. the grind set, basically, right? Because you are not going to be tread under capitalism. You are going to just be a temporarily embarrassed millionaire and make it. Uh, meanwhile, well, who are we really enriching, and who are we actually um, empowering through our struggles under the current system that is? Listen, uh, it certainly is a new eye because inflation's going up. There are still concentration camps at the border. We have no accountability over our police or our military or the oil companies or really any mega corporation that seems to run this country. So it, it just fascinates me that so many that grow up with that sort of uh, 
patriotic propaganda for the U.S. aren't able to see past that by the time that they are. I'm going to say, well, what's a good age for you to develop critical thinking? 14, 15, 16, around there? Hopefully. I mean, like 25. Like, so this is my whole I was going to say 25. Yeah. I would hope sooner. Oh, I was also going to say 25, right, guys? I know I'm like probably like the youngest guy on the call right now, but I remember even at 16, like in my high school days, I remember... Um, uh, teacher saying, like, or no, it was my principal, he said that praising Fidel Castro is like praising Hitler. And me and my friends kind of thought about this. And we were like, wait, Ow. <laughs> wait, I don't remember anything about Fidel Castro doing anything as bad as Hitler. Like, that's what we thought right there. Mm -hmm. Like, we're like, did he really, like, round up, like, marginalized peoples and put them in camps like he, no listen he, he did, did, he did round he them. did round up and marginalized okay. a minority population uh-huh he it's, sure did oh true it's okay. just that that minority population was rich white people they were slave owners they may have been worms and slave owners yeah. i made a bit may have been <laughs> okay, but yeah, i was so one thing i was going to yeah. comment on about the whole american the the American parallel to, to Nazi Germany and the love of Hitler and shit like that. I mean, there are there are writings by people like Benjamin Franklin and Jefferson and uh, who's the guy that had the play um, Hamilton. Those fucking all those guys. <laughs> <laughs> there are no, I know there are, there are writings by all of those founding fathers that are virtually indistinguishable from some of the fucking Mein Kampf shit. Yeah. I mean, there's a there's a Benjamin Franklin quote or whatever from something he wrote about like a glorious wave of Anglo white people flooding west into the into the whatever I can't remember exactly, but I'm, but I native mean native territories like just to dispel with all yeah the exactly right? like some really horrific exactly shit about right the, they talked exactly really the way disgusting. that exactly the way yeah. that Hitler talked about Jews. Americans, early founding fathers, talked about Native Americans, and it's fucking disgusting and totally left out of history. And if you mention it, now you're doing critical race theory and you're trying to revise history. And like, God forbid, like you show people that they may have been fed some propaganda about their history. Like, everyone should read uh, Hitler's American Model. Everyone, everyone should read it. Just go out there. Read. If you're listening right now, stop and go. Well, don't stop. Go read the book. You know who should read it is fucking Praxpen. Yes. But, uh, I'll, I'll use that as a segue and play him some more. I'm not convinced Praxman can read, but continue. <laughs> he only reads things that are like behind his face on a TikTok video, and then he half reads them. Like... <laughs> he actually, he, his, he can only read out of one eye, and it's the eye on the back of his weird head. <laughs> if you want something short, going back to Parenti, he also says both states guaranteed a return on the capital invested by giant corporations while assuming most of the risk and losses on investments. He gives no sources for this. The vampire economy was written. I don't believe that. I don't believe that he gives no fucking sources for that because as I know. Said, yeah. He doesn't need page, a source but... on that. It's fucking capitalism. That's what it fucking does. But he I bet he does have a source on it. I'm sure he does. I'm sure he By does. By a Marxist economist who lived in Germany during this period. Oh, yeah. Hold on. I can just go back a couple seconds to see. While assuming most of the risk and losses on investments, he gives. That's on, yeah, page seven. Yeah, look it up. Look it up, Nat. <laughs> 
I love that we have an in-house fact checker with us. Okay, so tonight. there are, there are no citations on this page. Oh shit! God damn it! <laughs> Cut that part. <laughs> well, well, no, because he's got it cited somewhere, but like, there has to be some kind of source for saying that the state's guaranteed a return on the capital invested by giant corporations while assuming most of the risks and losses on investments. Like, that is what happens in capitalism. Like, the, we're literally seeing that's that what today. Happens Here we right go. It's, as America, soon as he starts citing numbers. Bank. That's exactly what happened. Sorry. Yeah. No, I didn't mean to interrupt go. you. I'm so sorry. Uh, as soon as he I starts citing go. numbers, uh, he's, he, that's uh, citation number five. A um, little bit of Simon Kuznets in, in his life. Uh, qualitative aspects of the economic growth of nations. Okay, so there's a fucking source. There's a, there's a source. Fucking liar. Shit, yeah, but I mean, what do you there. expect when he's got a face like that? Ah, oh, God. It, I'm, the I thing mean, about... I don't want to body shame, but he looks like a much less handsome Adam Driver, and it's probably most <laughs> of the haircut. Just, I mean, like, like I, I understand that, like, the internet is primarily for people to just go online and say whatever they want. Um, but like, that's what we're doing. <laughs> don't at me, bro. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, um, one thing. Yeah, no, but it's it's. it's like, I mean, it, how do you just come out there and say there's not a source when there's a fucking source? I don't know. Exactly. That fucking bugs me. I don't Sorry, know. Really. I mean, instead of instead of um, insulting him, like like his physical looks, let's just insult his ideology. Like first off, libertarians like using the Gadsden flag is kind of just like makes me That's laugh awesome. every time because <laughs> like the guy who made the Gadsden flag owned like six hundred slaves. Like, is that right? Yeah, I didn't yeah. know that. That's so funny. Oh, yeah. oh, so was I can't remember his name. It's like Chris. I think it was yeah, Christopher Gadsden or something. But like. Well, That's if you guys the... read about um, Andrew Jackson, for example, um, he oh, was a bad dude. Dude, he he practically invented the whole like like the the Trumpist like American freedom for me and not for all that shit. Go ahead. Well, no, I mean it's just I want to explicitly state that like the libertarian ideology was born out of the Western expansion and the systematic annihilation of Native Americans by. So this is the whole thing. Like, it's not a mistake that libertarians love fucking property rights, right? And they hate the government. Yeah. But then they also then stand the government whenever the cops do something that they enjoy. Like when they take down brown people, when they like fight what they consider crime, which is anything that like like broken windows as opposed to like actual violent crime. Right. Like the state killing brown people. Like they're fine with that. Like we, we all know how and the that, right operates. But And that was kind of what I was trying to say about Jackson is Andrew Jackson practically invented that as a as a like political stalking horse in this country and well, if you yeah. read about the way he was like dude that guy i'm he's like the quintessential libertarian these days but, what, it's, but almost, what it's almost it's almost chilling what i really want to outline is that like the intentional project by the u.s government uh repeatedly and because they took this from i think they took this from britain at the time because they were again taking mm -hmm. over that same kind of empirical model but was to send settlers out into the territories that were considered too dangerous for like the nor like all the normies, I guess. And then what they would do is enforce their property rights. And so the settlers would enforce their property rights against the, the natives, and they would just do that by killing them. They would take the land, and then if natives, like, responded by retaliating, like, as they should, because you just fucking encroached on them, like, you just showed up and just started taking shit over, then they would claim property rights and then kill these natives. And then if they got too overburdened, then they would call in the government. And, like, exactly when right. they needed to, they would call in the National Guard, they would call in, like, whatever the army was at that time, 
And so, again, it's the whole anti-government until you need them to enforce your fucking property rights, which, again, is like the the right that trumps all others, like literally trumps the right to life uh, for anyone else whose rights you've encroached. So, again, this whole libertarian model that, like, looks fucking racist on its face is not an accident. But uh, let me go with Nat and then Bub. I just want to defend myself a little bit by saying I was not body shaming this man. I was saying that he has the face of... He has the face of a DreamWorks animal, that smug piece of shit. He's doing the DreamWorks smile and the DreamWorks <laughs> eyes right now. I mean, and, I'm not uh, going to think that his face should be hit by a bus. I won't. I'm not going to shame Praxman because, like, honestly, like, I feel like he looks kind of like me. Like, we have, like, a similar face, but, like, he does not look like you, Mike. I mean, a little bit. Like, we got a similar shaped face. It's fine. Like, but I also am, like, 15 years older at least than this dude. So, like, Ben, talk to me when you're approaching 40 and tell me if you still have that hairline and you're still looking thin. <laughs> probably won't be. And then I will body shame you. But until then, keep it up. He's probably, he's like 23 or some shit. Like, go ahead, Bubs. For real. Uh, I'm just saying that my point of shame is that it's something he can control and that's his haircut um that's that's my only critique there but also just to bring it back to andrew jackson i think this is something that um that nat was alluding to as well uh when he was saying that we should read up uh on our history is that nazi germany got the idea of lebensraum you know the free space for german people they got it from manifest destiny yeah. they mm-hmm. got it from americans that were encroaching onto indigenous territory forcing natives out with horrific acts of violence and corporatizing that land making it subject to railroad easements to uh, company towns for the point of exploitative uh, exploit uh, extractive capitalism exploitative you can say it and they're calling for it again now but the like point being is that we right were the fascist states. This is where fascists got their ideas from. You have the likes of, you know, name an American president, expanding <laughs> right. ever westward, displacing uh, indigenous populations, fucking over everyone else who's not rich enough to have a say at the table. And uh, spoiler, we still mostly don't in this fucking country. That's where they got it from. And that's why we still have these problems, because we were the originator of them. That's where you found these fucking ideas coming from in the first place. When they uh, come up in Mussolini's uh, Italy, or Hitler's Nazi Germany, or Pinochet's Chile. All you see so many common denominators, and it's it's all comes back to the U.S. It. Uh, I'm going to echo Nat's uh, statements here and just read up on her history. It's so illuminating. It makes so much sense when you realize, oh, this feels familiar. And if it feels familiar, it's for a reason. Yeah. Um, even if like fascism didn't like like name wise exist in like until like um like the nineteen twenties, like that type of ideology existed way before then. It's like it it existed in America, exists existed in Britain, you know, it's just like that form of oppression. Has always kind of just been around, you know. Exactly right. Like, even if it's not the name, you are like they still kind of like uphold those values of just like being superior, being well. Like, you can explain genocidal. We you learned can explain you, that Dad. development. <laughs> yeah, you can explain that political development from say 1820s United States expanding west yep. across the Ohio Valley and all that. You can explain why even though that behavior, those political actions were 
perhaps proto-fascist or at least smacks of fascism from there to the development of fascism in the 1920s i mean that's 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 um that's what am i trying to say that's that's political development as described by lenin i mean it takes it takes people time to develop and refine political theory into a exact science and by the time you get to nazi germany you've had over a hundred years of colonialism imperialism ever increasing power of centralized governments and the increasing power and control of capitalists over governments to refine that basic urge into a coherent political ideology called fascism yeah it wasn't just exactly. the the us that the fascists that the nazis learned it from it was also britain because the first concentration camps were in the boer war so like this shit had been going exactly on for right. a long time yeah. and the whole like discriminating against people just like their skin color or their ethnicity or whatever it's like yeah that's what they were up to is like discriminating against whatever brown people they invaded and then what really this is kind of my whole theory about the the western opinion of the nazis is that they fetishize them and then also use them as the scapegoat for all the worst parts of like liberalism and capitalism because oh, they dude, tried the greatest... it against white people in Europe, but like they don't actually denounce those things. This is like fascists, like you're saying, Bill, they codified and really systematized that same exploitation and capitalism that had been going on for right. centuries. Um, but because they did that so explicitly, the US and Great Britain and all the West can point at them and say, those are the bad guys while doing the exact same things, but just doing it surreptitiously enough that they can't call it fascism. And that's why when I, again, when I'm making hard to swallow pill memes, another one is like the U.S. is already a fascist country because it is. It literally is by every definition. If you just look at the outcomes from the legal system, what the military industrial complex does, like what the U.S. spends its money on, uh, it is objectively a fascist country. And to deny that is like, it's literally just denial. Like you are denying it because you are a beneficiary of the fascist complex and like the lifestyle that it provides you so i can understand why most people do but like the facts are what they are and it's again it's just a hard to swallow pill but also welcome slop sash thanks for joining but uh i'm yep. gonna play more practice unless anybody has anything but did you have something sorry oh no i was just saying hello okay yeah. uh, i like more people in the chat tonight it's very nice okay. that's good yeah i mean actually this is what i was also going to say is that i love doing these kind of things because i feel like this is a good opportunity to like really lay out some of the basic stuff like that, like to reiterate some of the stuff that I feel like people, I, I kind of just like assume our listeners already know, but like, I feel like we're getting new listeners hopefully. So maybe it's good to reiterate like some of the, just like the, the basically like debunks of communist myths, like I was saying earlier, like the famines and stuff and like world war two stuff. So, but uh, yeah, black shirts and reds, dude. It's no sources for this. The vampire economy was written by a Marxist economist who lived in Germany during this period. In this book, he quotes a letter from a businessman, saying, We businessmen still make sufficient profit, sometimes even large profits, but we never know how much we are going to be able to keep. And again, we see the rising of taxes. So the state did help secure a return on capital. They even had state loans to help businessmen. However, this was only done to bring about the interest of the state itself, not the interest of the businessmen. The historian Jackson Spielvogel pointed out state constraints on exchange, imports, exports, prices, wages, the allocation of labor. Profits were limited and directed by the government. 
When businesses refused to work with the government on a project that would be unprofitable, the government moved in and established its own factory. Were those uh, Jewish businesses by any chance, I wonder? Like, I wonder if he like makes that uh, distinction at all. Like, I wonder if he talks about, like, what businesses were harshly uh, regulated and kind of cracked down on by the government or what? Like, threes. Ludwig von Mises makes very similar observations in Planned Chaos. The government tells these seeming entrepreneurs what and how to produce, at what prices and from whom to buy, at what prices and from whom to So they had like a war economy. They were doing like war capitalism because that also happens like when capitalist countries are at war. We don't consider them socialist countries. Like, again, I know it's a common talking point now, like everybody seems to be bringing up Nixon because inflation is out of control and like uh, rising costs for everything. And everyone's talking about Nixon, the Republican instituting price controls and like combating inflation with like some what most people would consider heavy handed economic measures from the government, uh, but that actually were effective. And people are just kind of like lamenting that even Biden, uh, the Democrat is not far left enough to do something that Nixon did back in the seventies. But, um, yeah, I don't think people consider the U.S. a socialist country because they did that. Uh, I mean, maybe Praxman did, but again, this is the inconsistency that we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, you, people would say that Nixon is the. Uh, oh, sorry. Didn't no, mean I, I, go ahead. People would say that like Biden is 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 at least socially farther left than Nixon, but he's not because they both held atrocious social views. It's just that, uh, or both, you know, one held, one still holds atrocious social views. Um, it's just that one of them used the government to make things a little bit better for people and the other one is using the government to make things worse for people um to to um combat that point um both actually once held those views because richard nixon died <laughs> that's what i'm saying one one held them and the other holds them is what i oh yeah mean. i mean well, pretty much yeah, really pretty much views, whole life, anything in that head of his <laughs> yeah i mean joe yeah, biden's basically is dead, dead. i think he's the those. reanimated yeah. corpse I mean, if we're being honest, we've only had about like, how many presidents have we had since Nixon? Sorry, since Reagan. Uh, okay, we are. We we've we just had, had Reagan since Reagan. Reagan. We're we on Reagan Southern eleven right Reagan. now. We had um, the Reagan uh, son. There was. I would Black actually Reagan. argue that it started with Orange Reagan. Continue. And now there's senile Reagan. It started with Ford for sure. Uh, Ford is 100 percent the first like neoliberal president, and Ford on on this the proto Reagan. Kennedy was the last real president. <laughs> actually, I mean, no, I, actually, Nixon was the last real president. I love Nixon, even though he sucked. I, I mean, he, I he's kind a fascinating of feel the figure same way. because he was actually generally friends now. He's a fascinating like, he figure. Actually was buddies he actually was He's very fascinating. Have you ever read, um, now we'll get into it later. Never mind. No, I mean, get into it now. Like, I'm, so I'm either going to play a bunch of Ben for a second so I can go pee, or I'm going to let you talk about Nixon and now for a second, so I can do that. Go ahead. OP. So there's a really good series right. of books Let's by an absolute like, <laughs> like uh, liberal, like just ridiculous liberal historian. Um, and I forget his fucking name. Uh, but there's, uh, um, I think it's uh, Before the Storm is the one that he does about uh, Barry Goldwater and the rise of conservatism. I read all, all uh, where there's four books, I read three of them. Um, and then there is Nixon land and I think Reagan land is the last one. Uh, and I didn't read the one in the middle, but it is, God. it is about the, it's a, it's a four part, like four volume history of the rise of conservatism in America, you know, starting with the Barry Goldwater ascension, 
James right? Shipman. Sorry, what? No, Rick Perlstein. Rick Perlstein, that's the guy. He's a total, like, inveterate liberal, but he's a damn fine historian. And those books are really, really good. Um, and his his book about Nixon's first term uh, is the one that I read. I did not read the one in between um, with the, the whole Watergate scandal and the uh, resignation of Spiro Agnew and all that. Um, I'm sure it's very good. I should have not I should have it. Um, but boy, howdy. Like, Nixon is a very fascinating figure. There's also a book that I read um, called Family of Secrets by Russ Baker that's about the Bush dynasties uh, that talks about Richard Nixon and how he probably wasn't paranoid enough because the CIA actually was watching his every move. It basically Nixon shut him down. Nixon knew that, though. Well he, did, well, he did know that, but not to the extent that, like, he thought. I don't they think Nixon, Nixon he didn't quite know what he was getting into the only reason i call nixon the last real president is because i believe even though nixon was selected for his uh usefulness to the deep state he was still not fully um subservient to it unlike pretty much any president you can name that followed him yeah and and you're right and and the reason i think that he was sort of taken down with watergate is because he and Kissinger wanted to not prolong the Vietnam War in 72. They had plans to actually start withdrawing troops. And then, of course, the, you know, the, the Cuban exiles that were also involved with the Bay of Pigs broke into the DNC headquarters at Watergate and left a bunch of yeah, agents. Yeah. What were expert. you saying about Nixon just and Mao? Check Twitter to make sure that I haven't missed anything regarding Kissinger. I, just because you said that, Matt, I, like I'm still waiting for that glorious day to come. Like all of us, it's not are. gonna happen. He's gonna uh, outlive us all. A hundred percent. You know what? He's a vampire. Man. Man. Yeah. Shit, what, how, what gives? Like, is there even a fucking Henry Kissinger in this machine? No, no. After everything that goes on, what after everything do? that goes what down, everything do? that happens, there's Henry gonna be three Kissinger's. entities left. There's going to be Afghanistan, there's going to be Cuba, and there's going to be Henry Kissinger. That's depressing <laughs> as fuck, dude. I, I hope I don't. You know what, you know what they're going to do? They're going to, like, they're going to do, like, have you guys played Fallout New Vegas? Of course I have. The thousand hours I have in Fallout New Vegas attest to that. Yeah, so what they're going to do is they're going to do, like, Oh, they're gonna Mr. Megasim. They're gonna do him. Yeah, they're gonna do a Mr. For House, Mr. House for Mr. Kissing. <laughs> yeah, Henry Keep him in a box. Yeah. Keep him around. That's I don't so know this Mr. House, but I hope he's not nearly as bad as Mr. Beast. He's pretty fucking bad. <laughs> I'd say Mr. Beast that. is probably worse. Oh God. God. I don't know. Did uh, did Mr. House yeah, bring sight to him. several children, or at least ostensibly try? Well, I mean, Mr. Beast did gift someone a car when they said, I'm too poor to afford the insurance. Please don't do this to me. And he still did it. Damn. You know how easy it would have been to not accept that car? No, but he's like, <laughs> no, we're, we are donating this to you. I'd slap that fucking keys out of his hand, bro. To be fair, anyway, Mr. House is the reason that the entire pleasure. Mojave Desert isn't a this nuclear is waste, man. Yeah. For another yeah, let me play, let me play some God more cracks. Yeah, just more cracks, Ben. More cracks. More cracks. All right, here we go. What wages laborers should work, and whom and under what terms the capitalists should entrust their funds. Market exchange is but a sham. Every aspect of the economy was fixed by the state. 
the historian Ian Kershaw points out that the state, not the market, would determine the shape of economic development. He points out that the liberal ideas of economic competition were replaced. However, he also tries to say Hitler was never a socialist and capitalism was left in its place. This is just wrong. He's using socialists interchangeably with Marxists, and he's not using any correct definition of capitalism. His actual observations about what is happening is correct. He's a good historian, but he's not very good on economics because he's... Okay. So again, Ben is doing the thing where you have the real world, you have how capitalism actually works in reality, and then you have the book definition. And when it doesn't work according to the book, you say it's not real capitalism. <laughs> when it does horrific so things... When he, when he says... Sorry. When he there says he's talking about socialism, not Marxism, or whatever, like, what the fuck does he mean by that? Nothing. He means nothing. You don't know. Okay, I don't know. I don't know either. It, like, those... Mm-hmm. It's such an... It's, it's such a meaningless distinction. It's a distinction without a difference. Like... Mm-hmm. I mean, so basically, Praxben... Praxman seems to operate under the definition of socialism that is socialism is when the government does stuff. <laughs> I mean, that's all. That's yeah, the only yeah, conclusion I can draw from that statement. What an idiot. We got that. Uh, you know, the, he's making this video as an idiot for idiots, for dum-dums, uh, because what he's doing is he's, uh, he's critiquing one historian's book with the books of other historians. And there are no primary sources cited. He's not giving us any evidence other than Michael Parenti says this, well, this person says this, so obviously Michael Parenti cannot be right. Nothing really he's saying point. is substantial. Yeah, the, the, the absence of primary source documents when you're trying to argue against the claims of a historian is a big red flag. Right? That's a really good point. Dum-dums. He's a historian. It can't be said that Parenti is a good historian or good at economics. He says that most writers have ignored fascism's close collaboration with big business. He points to a Hoover Institute conservative who said, if fascism means anything, it means government ownership and control of business. But Parenti says, if fascism means anything, it means all-out government support for business. All of the historians I've gone over so far agree with the conservative, even the ones who aren't conservative and agree with Parenti on a few points, like Ian Kershaw, who says Hitler wasn't a socialist. Now, are Parenti's claims about big business Oh, correct? that's a low he fucking bar. the essay was subsidized by I was going to say, who? Ian Kershaw? That's a low fucking bar right there. Ian, first of all, Engl- Ian Kershaw is English, so... Opinion discarded. Strike one. <laughs> I was going to say, I've heard his name, but I'm not familiar. Like, what's his deal? I'm not either. His name is Sir Ian Kershaw. And oh. Yeah, big red flag. <laughs> also, apparently, uh, Hitler and Nazi Germany are his area of expertise, which makes him even more suspicious in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, really. I mean, yeah, dude, he's, he's the fucking History Channel. Like, come on. Yeah. Business, but he doesn't give any sources for this and tries to argue that the National Socialists got a majority of their funds from business. He's wrong on the all of these points. There's a source right now, it's here. Kind of, it's source number okay. six. Okay, he's making two discontin- like uh, non-coherent points here. He's saying that like somebody's claiming that the, that the government, the Nazi government got most of their funds from big business. He just spent like five minutes arguing that the Nazis were socialists and they were taxing the fuck out of big business. Because they were doing all these socialist things. Like, didn't he just say that? Like, he just spent all he this did. time. I thought, I saying thought he was were... saying. I would thought he was saying the Nazis got their money from big business. Like, I thought he was referencing that as a Parenti argument that was not true. Sorry, uh, well, I may have misinterpreted him. No, no, he was saying that like Parenti was saying that um, 
Because Parenti's argument always has been that the Nazis were capitalists, that they were not socialists. Yeah. Like, and so it is true that they were seizing businesses from Jewish people. They were seizing businesses from my minorities, like anybody they didn't like. And they were getting rid of all the leftists and the communists. And they were doing fucking capitalism on steroids. That's what they were doing. Like, they fucking invented privatization. And so then Praxben spends the last 10 minutes or so saying that the Nazis were actually super socialist. They were taxing the fuck out of businesses. They were providing all these social services. And so now he's saying that, like, what, Timothy S. Brown is wrong for claiming that the Nazis got most of their expenditures from big business? It's like, well, what, what the fuck is it? Like, which is it, Ben? Like, you're talking on both sides of your mouth, but what do you got, Bob? Sorry. Oh, no, I just found it really hilarious that he's just basically reducing his whole argument to, but socialism is one big business. It's, it's, it's <laughs> just, I can't take it seriously. And I was like, like, listen for the comedy aspect for this. It, this is not an ideology that we can take seriously. I, will mention I have a question real quick. One of the, oh, sorry, you go on. Well, I just wanted to know how many followers Praxben's channel has. Oh my god, it's a lot, dude. He's like... 4,000. Is it really? I mean, so, I don't know what his like, YouTube channel is, but like his TikTok. He's got like hundreds of thousands or whatever. It's like, my theory is he is... Um, I didn't ask him, and I should have, but like... He's got to be sponsored by like, the Heritage Foundation or something. He's getting oh, yeah. paid. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought, didn't you say, didn't you say before that he said he works for some think tank or some crazy oh. shit like that? I don't know. I mean, I'm just assuming. I, I haven't asked. I haven't looked into it at all. I just am literally assuming it because where, where else would that, like, yeah. what is Rex been saying that is controversial or is a hot take or that's really going to grab that many people? It's not. That's it's literally point. just reinforcing no one, yeah. the average message of the American state and corporate apparatus. Like, there's nothing controversial about anything he's saying. So that's one of the things I find. That's one of the things I find deeply strange about all characters like Praxben is that they have hundreds of thousands of followers apparently, but all they're doing is regurgitating the fucking same anti-communist, pro-capitalist propaganda that we were fed in fucking sixth grade. I bet I his mean, dad I, ordered the, the deaths of thousands of South Americans back in the day. Jesus Christ. It's almost like tens of thousands. They're all paid psyops, like run by the fucking. Yeah, yeah no, it actual really deep seems state. that way. Yeah, it seems that way. His dad has a link on Wikipedia. Funny that his dad has a link on Wikipedia? No, 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 I'm joking. I'm joking. Yeah, I mean, oh, no, 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 I think oh, it's I a legit good joke. Like, that for real. <laughs> that's why it's so good because it's believable. <laughs> I will also yeah, say yeah, that what he, when he says there's no sources here, when he says is that that last thing he said that was not sourced, not only is there an inline citation, like italicized in everything with the month and the year, but there is also a citation at the end of the line, it's citation number six. And this is one of the pages where a third of the page is taken up by footnotes. Craxman <laughs> being dishonest, no way. Like, right? In this period he's talking about was at least one third of former communists. The essay's own records shows 55%. A majority were former communists. Now, as for his claim that big business was behind the rise of national socialism and fascism, this just isn't true. This was debunked 12 years before his book was published by historian Henry Ashby Turner, pointing out that people who hold this view don't really rely on evidence. He actually tears them to shreds in this book. It's quite fantastic. Most importantly, he says, those firms and organizations that regularly engaged in large-scale political funding continued right down to the last election prior to Hitler's appointment as chancellor to bestow the bulk of their funds on 
opponents or rivals of the Nazis. There was a few businessmen who did support the National Socialists, but they were very few and far between. And the very few who did support them did it because they thought the same thing as Michael Parenti, that it was rational fascism and not actually National Socialism. And it's quite fitting that some of these terrible guys who were behind this ended up in concentration camps with their businesses stolen from them. Yeah, serves you right for supporting the National Socialism. All right, go ahead, Bill, and then Nat. Oh, sorry, I didn't have anything. Go ahead. Oh, sorry, Nat. I just think it's a little Pollyannish to say that only certain businesses supported certain candidates without saying that they probably supported every single candidate. Just like our businesses do today, right? Like, and, oh, that's just oh, cherry actually, picking. I did have something. Um, his comment about the fifty-five percent former communists or whatever. The Communist Party in Europe was extremely popular among the working class prior to the rise of fascism in Europe and the United States. I mean, basically, before before like nineteen thirty. If you were a worker, you were a communist. Like it was literally almost a one for one. Um, oh, yeah. And and so so you know he's doing he's doing a fucking ahistorical comparison to the way it is now versus then. I mean, yeah, we're a bunch of freaks for being communists, sure. But back then, if you fucking mined coal or drilled holes or nailed boards into a wall or dug ditches or whatever, you were a member of the fucking communist party. That's just oh, yeah. how it was. Yeah, what an idiot. I hate this guy. Fuck, I hate this guy so much. He's such an idiot. <laughs> the only the only person I know of so far worse than Praxben is uh what's his name? Zulu, Liquid Zulu. That's, and that's because Liquid that's Zulu he's the baby machine guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fucking freaks. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Nailed him to the wall. Can I, I just say it's Liquid Zulu, and I think that's more like a gamer tag that probably killed me in Halo 2. <laughs> that's a Metal Gear Solid thing. commentator. Yeah, I mean, the thing I think about these guys is not... I don't particularly even think they're dumb. I've been teabagged by Liquid Zulu. I just want no, to be sure. not dumb. I think Praxman is probably before. really smart. Yeah, I think they're like... I think they're bright guys. They just have, like, an agenda, obviously, and they... Mm-hmm. Um, they're also, like, young... Like, again, I, I tend to excuse guys like this because I was young and I was also, like, a fucking dumbass libertarian. And I kind of empathize with the mindset because it's like, if you are a privileged white dude, um, the thing that you see holding you back, I guess, is government. Especially if you have some money. Especially if you're, like, yeah. one of these fucking, like, entrepreneur guys and you got some money from daddy and you want to try and start your own business. It's like, yeah, regulations are the thing holding you back because you can't just fucking brutalize your employees. You can't just, like, do a bunch of fucking unethical shit. And so that is that is the thing that you see. That's like the 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 a visible material thing for you that's holding you back in society. Whereas like everyone else, like the majority of people, it's their fucking job because they are workers and they are like dominated by their employer. They spend most of their time at work. They spend most of their like effort preparing for like everybody knows what it's like to be a worker who has to commute and you get like very little free time and the money you even get for doing all that shit does not go as far as it should to pay the bills and everything. Like, we all get it. Like, it's the working class struggle. But, yeah, that does, just does not occur to these people. And so their entire worldview is based on that fucking privileged position. And, again, it comes back to, like, how they hate being perceived for the biases that they have. And I really think it's because, like, uh, 
I think it's because they're young. Like, it's, stupid me thinks sometimes it's because these guys don't, like, smoke weed. And it's like if they just, like, <laughs> fucking smoked a bowl or, like, took a psychedelic once in a while and could, like, view themselves a little more objectively, they I would realize how fucking case. cringe they were. And because, I I mean, there's a Break lot of times... ego. Where, yeah, that's really what it is. Like, I really think that they just have to kind of be able to see themselves a little more objectively, and then they would realize how fucking wrong they are. Or also just, like, it's like a Reddit meme. Did you ever see the one that, like, the guy, he took ecstasy or something, and then he started realizing that, like, other people have feelings, and he stopped being yeah, a Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's fucking ridiculous. Like, yeah, other people are humans, you dicks. Like, That's part of why... That's, that's something I feel is, like... I think part of the reason I'm so put off by people like Praxman is because, like, on some level, they come off as deeply unempathetic, which is a very abnormal way to be. And, like, something about his his belief, or not his belief, sorry, his, his ideology that's so, like, anti- human and it's so anti-social in a, in a, in a you know, social society type meaning that like on some level as a as what i assume i think i'm a normal person like his ideology just doesn't jive with like my basic feelings about other people like i couldn't i couldn't believe what he does because i understand on a basic level that everybody we're all eating out of the same trash can like you always say mike like on some basic level he doesn't get and i guess that's probably a class thing i don't know but I mean, you know, that's the materialist analysis: is that his think tank daddy gave never gave him a reason to wonder about poor mm. people, you know? I so mean, I don't know. You may remember, like, I'm every time, every time that I talked to Praxben and Liquid Zulu, or both of them, I was trying to like tease at the the core contradictions that they were getting, like the the premises that they're trying to like operate off of and everything. And I'm doing it in like the stupid and roundabout way because I don't read their theory anymore, and I don't like. Mm-hmm. I don't read a whole lot of theory in general. Like, I'm not going to talk about, like, um, literal formal logic. I'm not going to... That's also not fucking entertaining for podcasts, like, and I can't do it. But so I'm trying to, like, tease out things, and that's why I came up with, like, the fucking natural water source example and tried to get Liquid Zulu to defend being able to close that off with, like, deadly force when it's not something that he created. It's, like, literally a natural resource that, like, is communal up until the point that you decide to enclose it and create the concept of private property and then enforce that right over the right to life of other people. And once we got to that contradiction, it's like every situation he was describing was horrific. It's like absolutely just like <laughs> dystopic shit like that. Like no one would ever sign up for in their right mind unless you've been indoctrinated in your entire life or you think you are going to be the person in the position of privilege holding your power over other people. And that's where these guys are always coming from. But what do you got at? Well, it's it's sort of following up on that, right? So, like, to, to sort of narrow the scope of what you were just saying back to Praxbin and particularly this video, what is the utility of this video? Besides convincing a bunch of dum-dums that communism is bad, like, if... Like let's go let's go out on a wild and wacky limb here and say that that communism isn't as good as we all know it is. Like say it's on equal footing with fascism. Like why why is he making this particular video? Right? What is he doing? What what is what is this for? Who is no, this he's for? he's just being totally objective. He's just um again this goes back to the being perceived. Like I asked Prax Ben to like when we were scheduling our second one. 
he had to bail on one day because he was going to a protest. And uh, we're we're in what? Discord. Yeah, we're in Discord DMs, and I'm like, hey, uh, you know, just out of curiosity, you don't have to tell me, but what is the protest you're going to? And he was like, oh, it's uh, protect kids' rights for like a anti-trans thing or whatever it was. It's like, of course, that's what it was. And so this is my whole thing. Like, they don't like being perceived. It's like you're not just like being objective. You're not just like looking at rights in general and deciding to stand up for rights across the board from oppressive government. You are picking and choosing what rights you are supporting. You're picking and choosing your battles. And we see those, again, in summation as your character. And we know what you stand for. And you were being called out on that all the time. And that's mm. what they don't like. Yeah. Yeah. No, because they, they, it is it is undefendable. Like, even after, like, 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 even after the hypothetical that I just put out, like, when, when you push past that and you realize that, of course... Communism is good, and giving people things is good, and that we can afford it, and it doesn't really matter what people like them have to say. The fact is that they're making these videos specifically to take power away from people. I mean, they're also do they're doing it to give talking points to people who already hate the marginalized people that they hate, who already hold mm -hmm. the worldview that they want to hold, and they're just giving them more fodder to reinforce that. So It's infuriating. Yeah, it's infuriating because it's wrong. And like that's yeah. that's that's kind of like why I like watching these and like getting the content out of this because we could just we, we're seven and a half minutes into this guy's ten minute video like <laughs> and I was gonna cut this because we've already been recording for like two hours but like <laughs> so yeah I mean I actually feel like we've got a bunch of stuff done Jesus. um what's that Bob sorry I was like Jesus Christ have we yeah like I started oh. this at six thirty so fuck. But, uh, yeah, I actually think, yeah, I'm just going to cut it here, and then if we want to do this again, because, I mean, I had a great time doing this, and it, it definitely is chill, so I think if I can get more people from the Discord. So, yeah, thank Hell you, yeah. Nat. Thank you, Bill Killionaires. Thank you, Remington. Thank you, uh, Bubs, and uh, Slopstash was here a minute ago. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going to do these a bit more, because I'm still trying to work out shit with, like, the regular show, and yeah. uh, see if we can get some, like, more formal episodes going, but this is a good way to get some content out, and, uh, yeah, this, this shouldn't be too hard to edit, but, all right, thanks, guys. Thank you. See y'all later. See